I love that energy because as a, as a musical student myself, when I played flute 40 years ago, wow. like the triplet was like the chicest thing, you know, <laughs> it's, it's easy. It's like, it yeah. feels complicated, but you can grasp it. Yeah. Like when you do it, you're like, Ooh, I'm advanced. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> can I teach you both, um, how I learned syncopation? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> it involves some, you know, yeah, the some body work, some body work. Cinco patata. Oh wow! Drone, <laughs> not five potatoes. <laughs> Literally, cinco patata. <laughs> you are cinco welcome. patata. There cinco you go. patata. That's hot. Okay, I've got to join in just to feel this. Yeah. Cinco patata, cinco patata, cinco patata. You are welcome to take that. Cinco (laughs) patata. What a wonderful phrase. Thank you. No, you can have that for free. Wow, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Wait, do we clap? Oh, we truly have not started at all. Oh, love. We're just kind of here. We're vamping. (laughs) Establishing shots. Welcome back to We Love That. I'm Kenya. And I'm Jerome. Hey there. And hey there to our special guest this week, Rafi Netflix Donatoo. <laughs> yes, that's right. And we're talking about everything from Tina Turner to Zachary Efron. Good to the game, Mama. <laughs> It's really special. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hello. Hi. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, you. you. <laughs> hey, strangers. <laughs> hey, sisters. Oh, um, my God. Welcome back to my channel. <laughs> His makeup looks. We'll talk about YouTube. We will talk about YouTube. Okay, good. We're going to go everywhere today. We're traveling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. around the world. Mm -hmm. We go all around the world. We don't care where we go. Thank you. Where we stop, nobody knows. Um, Kenyon, we have a very special guest. Who? Where? Where are they? I can't see Right there. Oh, my gosh. She's looking right at us. (laughs) It's Rafi. (laughs) Hello. I need to first say that I'm so happy to be here. You have no idea. I'm also extremely nervous because normally I rely so much on my physical appearance okay. to win people over. Um, mm-hmm. You have a very winning appearance. Right. It's sort of, that's me, you know. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a card in your hand. <laughs> mm. Right, right. Yes. And to be sort of divorced from that um, through this medium, it's new for me, but I'm here. We're, we're going to get inside. <laughs> we're going to explore yeah. mm-hmm. this vocal medium. Yeah. Exactly. I'd, right, 
Rafi, this is not your first time on the podcast. You actually were our first. You're we're our first guest. You're returning, um, which is excellent. That's really (laughs) crazy. Um, You. What was that? What was it, Kenny? Do you remember? I think it was like the 2018 like elections. It was yes. the midterms, yes. And, and we were like, <laughs> we said, Rafi, you need to come in here and tell everyone to vote. <laughs> and you surely did. You were like, who who do I know who has the most sort of like specific political voice? <laughs> Who do the people need to hear from? Who knows so much about government? It's it's more like who is, who's going to be like the Oprah? Who like you typically don't hear speaking about politics, but when she does. It's like, oh. That person becomes the president. Wow. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, I personally am not going to agree with (laughs) Yeah, you you saying that that's me, but th- okay. <laughs> you wouldn't say that you're Oprah is what you're saying. You're Oprah. You know, I wouldn't go on the record to say that. Okay. Okay, but we're, we're floating it out there. Just tossing it out. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Is there anything you'd like to, to, for those of the listeners that don't already know you, that aren't already familiar with your work? Impossible. Your works. <laughs> I don't know how right. that could be. <laughs> Um, is there anything you want to to say about yourself to introduce? Oh my goodness! Well, you know, I used to say in in college that my academic um, focus was desire, <laughs> which is deeply, um, yeah, it's sort of deeply that, mm-hmm. um, and I would say. That's shifted a bit, but the themes, I feel very thematically, you know, coherent. Mm, Um, mm. You know, I've, I've written some plays, I've, I'm writing some poems currently, I'm, I'm trying to simply be, be a pop star, you know, that's, that's that. Shine (laughs) bright, shine far. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the last poet pop star? Wow. I don't know. I mean, arguably all of them. Right. Thank you. That's the right <laughs> answer. <laughs> so That's the right answer. Yeah. Wow. I was playing, speaking of poet pop stars, I was playing some Britney Spears in my class the other day. You're and such I, a cool teacher. <laughs> first of all, I'm very cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, okay, next we're going to listen to Baby One More Time. Anyone heard it before? <laughs> and they all laughed. It was funny. Um, and I was like, this song is really good. (laughs) And I said to them, I was like, sometimes when a song is really popular, we forget that it's actually really amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's poetry. That's actually what I would say. Yeah. Are we getting a dramatic reading of, of that from you right now? No, but I will point out, and you know, a lot of people know this, uh, the chorus of that song starts obviously with "My loneliness is killing me," right. but later in "Stronger," she sings "My loneliness ain't killing me no more." Wow! And that's called having an anthology. Yeah, mm. yeah, mm. that's self-referential. Journey. Wow, that's really say. beautiful. No, my loneliness is killing me. Also, I mean, God, taken <laughs> t- taken out of 
you know, <laughs> the melodic context. Wow, that hurt to hear. Yeah. Oof, I'm sad. <laughs> I know. And obviously we've all watched the Britney doc. Oh, God. Of course. Have Kenyon, have you? I actually still haven't. I'm, wow. I'm late. I'm behind. Don't come for me. It's okay. That's all right. Thank I you. just watched, as I mentioned to you before, I just watched the Kurt Cobain documentary and Jerome. I watched the Tina Turner documentary. You did? Okay. Because Kenyon watched it too. <gasps> okay. So did? we have to talk about it. We have to. Yeah. Oh. It was amazing. Oh. It's amazing. I didn't realize, I don't know what I thought. I didn't realize, she is 81. What? Amazing. Like, she was born in 1930. Like, I kind of thought, oh, yeah, Tina Turner is, like, I would have said she was, like, in her late 60s, early 70s. Like, I just, her, from their first single, which was in, like, literally 1960, (laughs) to today, it's like, wait, you're a legend. Totally. She's a living legend. Like, she's, she yeah. is a legend. Yeah. It's amazing. No, complete icon. I was weeping at the end. The exact word. When she is describing, and whoever did the score gets an A+. Plus, yes. Because when she's describing running across the highway, <gasps> I was, like, on my feet. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this is, a, this is un- like, it was a supernatural experience for me. Yeah. And I also keep thinking about what she says at the beginning. I think it's just a voiceover Mm -hmm. moment. And she's just like, you know, my life, it was so unlike me. And Mm -hmm. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God. Yeah. You know, that I've never, I don't think I've ever heard something more profound. Yeah. I've never thought of that before. Right. In that way, that like living a life that is not... Like, you would think that, okay, yes, if you look at all the things that I have done and the things I've made and the people I know and the decisions I've made, like, that that is a composite of a person. And she's like, absolutely not. But then just to get to the end, like, I had either of you seen uh, What's Love Got to Do With It? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. So I feel like what everyone, what so many people know, if they know anything about Tina beyond, like, the music, is this Angela Bassett movie, What's Love Got to Do With It? And the movie basically goes from her and Ike getting together until, like, the end of the divorce, and then it, like, really quickly is, like, and then she became a star on her own. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, like, that's, like, seven minutes at the end, and then it ends with this performance of her doing What's Love Got to Do With It. Uh Um, And so I feel like what, you know, the narrative of her life is just about, okay, and she was in this abusive marriage for so long and then finally free. And then the rest of it doesn't have, like, I love that so much of the documentary talks about, like, no, she actually, there's so much more to her than that. And then does the look back at, like, here's what happens when you compress someone's life into just, like, this traumatic thing that we know about them. Like, she, I think that that is so, I think the democracy, the documentary does such an incredible job with that. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I really didn't even... My first experiences with with Tina Turner, just in my own life, like, I had no idea Ike and Tina... Like, I think mm. she really successfully, in my mind, like, absolutely broke away because in my first experiences with her and her music, it was like, this is Tina Turner, she's an icon, and she's doing her yeah. thing. 
And it's only as I've grown up and read and watched that I'm figuring out like, oh, there's all of this other story. Um, and I'm curious to hear like early, what, what did you all know about Tina Turner before this documentary or, or before now? I think I, I didn't know anything about Ike and Tina like from the source. I felt like I had just heard about it from other people making references about them yeah. um, in music and just like pop culture and, you know, sort of gleaned very superficially what what the story was Mm -hmm. um but and I think that's the whole problem with it like it's not a story you know it's like a part of this woman's life um that she lived through and and then was never able to you know not forget but be be divorced from in her in her own right like all those media interviews of the people asking her she's like that was you know 30 years ago like yeah. And and I thought it was so cool that she had to re not even re- she was like this isn't a reinvention this is just like an invention of who I am yeah. as an artist. Yes. This yes. 40-year-old pop yeah. star just figuring out, you know, who she was as as an artist and I loved like it really did feel like the music was her job. Like I I don't know. I, I liked how seriously the documentary yeah. portrayed, you know, her doing this this work absolutely um absolutely i think that it is very interesting now when it feels like we are culturally trying to be more responsible about abusers and like honoring victims and honoring survivors and it is making me think about okay well how much do we still like it's obviously very shocking in the documentary to see her just going to interview after interview that is like when they're asking questions like, what is the thing you'd love to forget? Like, what's the worst <laughs> thing that happened to you? Like, what's the worst day of your... It's like, what an unbelievable thing that you would ask someone. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think about, like, what are the ways that, like, we still are doing... Like, that in an attempt to... Oh, yeah, well, we're, we really want to honor that this is a horrible <laughs> thing that happened. And we want to acknowledge that. Like, in what ways are we just, like, clinging to that as the only narrative? As, or, as the only thing that we know about this person, the only thing that's, like, interesting to ask them about themselves. Yeah. I mean, I think it's all, like, we have absolutely no boundaries when it comes to the lives of celebrities. And, like, right. I, I don't I don't exactly know why. Maybe it's because, like, they are, you know, there, there's the glamour and the, the romance of it all, but also, like, they are these, like, action figures that are living, yeah. you know, on this totally visible plane that we can kind of like play with and and project onto and escape our own you know selves like I'm so guilty of being an absolute like fame whore like I just I just I like my mom had a subscription to people magazine since I was like in utero and um just reading in the womb yeah just like stars they're just like us um they haven't been born yet um and and like that's so bad you know but i do 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 you both you know obsess i've been thinking about this because i definitely like tap into a lot of celebrity culture but i think that a big part of it for me is that i do not do it in a way that 
is going to impact them at all or is going to impact them negatively. Yeah. Like, I love to, like, comment something random on some celebrity's Instagram post because who cares? (laughs) But, like, (laughs) I've actually been thinking about a lot in terms of um, drag race that, like, the drag race fandom has become so nasty because there are so many people who, like, if they don't like a depiction of a queen on a show or if someone sends their favorite queen home, there are so many people who will, like, go to their social media and just spam and spam and leave all this hate and whatever. And, like... There are queens that I don't like. Like, there are, I pay really close attention to it, but I would never, ever, ever like leave a nasty comment on someone's Instagram. I'm like, <laughs> if I don't like you, I'm absolutely going to keep that to myself. <laughs> like, I'm not going to tweet about it. I'm going to text my friend about it. Yeah. And like, that will be between us. Like, I think that there is something about, I totally agree that like, I'm always tapped into like, what some celebrity is doing, but I do try to be very purposeful about like being very careful about how I outwardly talk about that. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah. I feel like the part of the issue with celebrities just getting to be people is that like to, to be famous, whatever that really means, but like you have to keep staying relevant. Mm -hmm. And so Mm. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking back to that part where I think Tina Turner's manager in the documentary talks about how her story and getting out of this abusive relationship now almost doesn't even belong to her. And it kind of, you know, yeah. he says something something like Tina, you know, belongs to the world in some sort of way. And that's, in the, in a certain ways, it's really cool. And like her story has touched a bunch of people and changed people's lives. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's necessary, gorgeous work. And at the mm-hmm. same time, in order to to keep working, like, yes, this is a job, you have to stay out there. And because you have to stay out there, you can't take that time as that famous person to, like, go away and do your own processing, your own forgiveness, your own letting yeah. go. Let the stuff die down. Like, there's no opportunity for that because that'll just kill your career. Yeah. And so yeah. there's, like, there's no... We don't give any any time for a break to be human because, like, you just have to keep going, going. To, yeah. to keep working. And producing, yeah. I love that she at the end is like thinking about, I'm going to take this as an opportunity to say goodbye. Like to close the book, like, and I'm not going to keep going to things and doing things. Like this is my time to say thank you so much and I love you and I appreciate you and now I'm I'm mine again. Like, yeah. and you can mm. have the street, like you can have the icon, the story that like, has meant so much to so many people and you can have the music and you can, you know, whatever, but just to be like, and now I have to, I am back to me. Yeah. In her, in her absolutely gorgeous compound in Zurich. (laughs) (laughs) I know there's a part of me that's like, (laughs) there, there's a part of me that's like, okay, eat the rich. But then there's also a part that's like, that when they pan out over their enormous, like, the lawn sloping down to the lake with the gorgeous old tree, I'm like, this is absolutely gorgeous and everything she deserves. 100%. She deserves percent. <laughs> it's like, it's like so, like, Von Trapp family. Yeah, like, literally, it, yes. Yeah, I, I can't wait to visit her there. Um. <laughs> 
right. I mean, she and Oprah are best friends. (laughs) Oh my God. We need (laughs) this. This ends here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Just the idea of (laughs) the first four people that we hear in the documentary are Tina Turner herself, (laughs) her backup singer for so long. Oprah and Angela Bassett. It's so crazy. <laughs> and Angela Bassett sitting in front of a wall of just like the most gorgeous art you've ever seen. Oh my, I'm like, where is she? The person who set up that shot, like, Oscar. Egon. Yeah. Yeah. Egon gorgeous. On that. <laughs> That's good culture. I love culture. Yeah. The mute, like the whole genre of music documentary, I think is so fun and so good. Although I kind of hate, like, you know, my own relationship to documentaries as a whole is like I love to watch them, obviously. But when I watch after I watch them, I'm like, it's the only thing I can talk about for 24 hours, yeah, and I right. and I act as if I know every single detail, minutia, yeah. every single thing. I know I'm an expert. I've known it for 40 years. <laughs> I could give a class on it. I could give a TED Talk lecture on it. And I hate, I hate myself when I, when I do that. It's so annoying. No, I, for me, it's watching a documentary and then acting like I've just known that oh, my yes. whole life. Right. And, when, and when you share the fact with someone, but five minutes after you've, you've closed <laughs> the tab, you're like, oh, no. Oh, you didn't know about Nirvana's MTV Unplugged concert? Oh, it's legendary. <laughs> no, yeah, that's when Kurt wore his, like, famous cardigan that everyone... No. Yeah. Oh, you didn't... Know, yeah. Um, which I, shit you not, I just did um, earlier today. <laughs> Shouts good. out that friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm the same. I, at the end of last year, was in a real rut of watching uh, documentaries about Ronald Reagan. Um, (laughs) You know, as one does. Um, That's dark. Truly. And, like, texting my mom and my grandmother about, like, well, how did you feel when when the Iran-Contra scandal was unfolding? (laughs) And uh, as a person who lived through it, surely you must have known all of these connections that were occurring. And surely when George Bush was elected, weren't you thinking of it in the cultural context and the legacy of Ronald Reagan? <laughs> and my mom's like, I guess. <laughs> Literally. But like watch the documentary and immediately it's like, well, I understand everything about the world mm-hmm. and I actually have this whole time. Why doesn't everyone else understand? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I know the world in the exact perspective that these filmmakers have presented it to me. <laughs> And that is what really matters. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, they included a whisper of a different narrative. So I feel like I've gotten all sides. Right. I feel like I've gotten a really well-balanced story here. <laughs> I feel like, Jerome, you and I were talking about this at some point. But, like, news. News is now just becoming, like, documentary specials. Mm. And that, to yeah. me, is wild. Like, current news is becoming a, a like let's do a documentary special on the the insurrection in January. It's like that just happened. What do you mean a doc, a docu like right? Huh? And that like narrative news blurring. When I mean it's always a narrative. Let's just be clear. It's always a narrative. But it's just mm-hmm. like we don't have to hide that anymore. <laughs> here's right. a, here's a special. We got some lights. We got some camera people. Here are the characters. Right. <laughs> right. What do you think? Do you think that? 
that's something about now? Do you think it's about like COVID? Like, you know, what do you think it is? I feel like it's just like our attention spans have been so zapped Mm -hmm. that like watching a watching a breaking news story as it's developing is like is not enough. Like there's if we don't already know like who the villains are and whose side we're on and like what all the motives are, like to have to pay attention without that investment, I think is maybe not like genuinely hard for everyone to do, but I think in terms of like making revenue, mm. like staying on a channel or staying on a a YouTube page or whatever, that like that it's not enough to like compete with all the other things that are making money. Like in terms of the making money of it, it's like, I feel like we just need to like immediately be hooked into a story. Yeah. And stories like we're always around, you know, people, journalists have been calling things stories forever. Right. Um, But I do think that like kind of even more predigested telling Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. what's Mm -hmm. happening in the world right now is just like, a lot easier for our shorter attention spans, like Jerome, you were saying. Um, and so it's like, yeah, actually, here's a narrative, and we actually have done all the thinking for you, and we've condensed it so that it's unbelievably engaging, and yeah. you don't really have to think. <laughs> and we're right. going to call this the news. Yeah. I also feel like, not to dig into the Trump of it all, but, like, for a while, there was a clear oh, narrative. It was like, that orange <laughs> Cheeto? <laughs> Go off. You really showed him. Oh, that orange work. cheeto with the blonde wig. <laughs> anyway, um, just that some first, political it was like, commentary. <laughs> some really brave political commentary, <laughs> calling Donald Trump a cheeto. You really like. You really showed it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been working on. Yeah, um, for like that was very. It was very easy to be like, yeah, he's the bad guy. So, like, mm-hmm. he said something. Guess what? It sucked. <laughs> right. <laughs> Guess what? We didn't like what he had to say. Totally. And he could have said it nicer. And he's awful. Okay. And that's the news <laughs> every day. <laughs> so I think that that, like, made it. Or, like, I think, Rafi, you're right. Like, with COVID, like, here's the story. Everything sucks right now. <laughs> uh, people are inside. They wish they didn't have to be. People are wearing masks. Some people don't want to wear masks. We all want to wear masks, but some people do it and other people don't. It's like... That that being the news story for a year is like, oh my god. There's no, that's just the same thing. Like that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I just have to say that the like transatlantic radio reporter voice you gave just now, <laughs> it was great. So good. A real character I saw come to and life. Coming in on the ticker right now. <laughs> it's baseball's opening day, and the Yanks are taking on the White Sox. I guess. <laughs> Wow. Um, I am interested in, I'm mostly interested in it because Rafi, you had brought this up before. Like, how, what are you spending your time doing? We are famously still in whatever this is. <laughs> how, <laughs> are you watching a lot of music documentaries? Are you, oh, what, yes. what's going, what's with the time? You know, some of the time, I would say February, you know, a lot of it was just sort of prone prone on on the bed um just sort I know of that yoga rip- pose yeah yeah right right um <laughs> opening up all the 
the chakras and mm-hmm. sort of just replaying, you know, every single thing that's ever happened to me um, on a loop. <laughs> so that was an amazing month. Um, <laughs> no, I really loved my time there. Um, well, you know, otherwise, I I'm trying I'm trying to like talk to people. <laughs> I'm spending some time That's doing cool. that. I feel like pre-Cove Cornova virus. <laughs> I was like, I really hated being on the phone. Like I really, Mm. you know, I felt like all of my social energy had to be with the people that I was around and I would like just totally expend, expend. And then I couldn't, you know, I I don't know. So I feel like I'm, I'm liking kind of developing (laughs) that. Um, What else am I doing? I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to write, which is, you know, to varying degrees of success. I wouldn't say that is, um, I don't know. A, a routine like I'm not in any sort of routine with that which I sure. I kind of like like I do try to do it every day but it's not like and now I do this you know I was trying to do that with journaling but it's just you know I'm not I'm not in, in good enough shape for that uh physically <laughs> um <laughs> It's physically exhausting. It is. (laughs) (laughs) I expect my, the thing I run into with journaling is like, well, I'm thinking the thoughts. (laughs) Right. I literally am like, I've already thought out all these thoughts. Now I have to wait for my slow ass hand to write them out. Yeah. I'll go to bed (laughs) instead. (laughs) I know. And I feel like I'm also always like writing my journal, like someone's going to find it. Like, you know, <laughs> and the tone of it just really, that shines through um, <laughs> in a way that I hate, you know? And it's not like I'm, like, censoring myself, but it is sort of like, who the, who is this? <laughs> who is writing this? And who's reading it on the other side? Right. 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 <laughs> and I don't know. Uh, I'm, what about I'm, you both? Oh, yeah. What am I doing? What do you get up to? Oh, what I also do is I sing karaoke tracks um, on YouTube. Oh, cool. Good. Do you do that? Well, no, because you are amazing at instruments. (laughs) But I need to start doing that, and I want that. No, that's like a bit, like, if we weren't recording this right now, that's probably what I'd be doing, because it's like 4 (laughs) p.m. Which is karaoke time. We all know. Right. Anyway, I just had to include that. Um, do you have any favorites? Any favorite tracks oh, to do? Um, do you, like, come back to the same ones, or do you all, is it always something new? I mean, <laughs> it's embarrassing. You know, I, I've been known to do um, Ocean Eyes by Billy Yes. Yes, absolutely. That song is good. Okay, it's like, you know, but but for some reason it's so fun. Like I feel like I'm, you know, 13 again. And <laughs> yeah. even and though that fun. obviously right, that song wasn't right. <laughs> well, oh. <laughs> um you know, there's a lot I do, I like to do um um so hot you're hurting my feelings. Ooh, yes. Okay. Oh, Kenyon, you've got to get into the song because you love it. What is this? Oh, you don't know it? No. Mama Caroline Pajak. Oh. You have to get into it. Yeah, you would love. 
Anyway. Writing it down. What do you, how are you both passing the minutes? <laughs> I mean, I'm just here at home. Um, I was in New Mexico for a little stint. and I got back to Ooh. home two weeks ago, and I've just been reacclimating. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> recently I spent many minutes, even hours, maybe even days, actually, definitely days, um, watching <laughs> all of the Marvel movies again. Wow. Why? Um, I look. <laughs> Jerome. <laughs> so you like you watched them all for what's the first one? Hulk. Um, Iron Man is actually first, and then the Hulk. I didn't know okay. they came in an order. Oh, the order that they were thing. released. Um, okay, is how I watched them back again. I skipped some ones. I skipped Guardians of, Guardians of the Galaxy two. I skipped Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh my! Um, well, I I saw Ant Man in theaters. I saw I saw all three of those and once, <laughs> and I said, "Not again." <laughs> yeah, not even for Paul. No. Happy <laughs> <laughs> Paul. Um, so I just spent days of my life doing that. There are like twenty-two movies, so wow, that is literally like two days of my life if they're each two hours. Um, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> well, it's because genuinely, it's because me and my brother are trying to watch the new Marvel. Like spinoff TV shows that are coming out, uh-huh. and I was like, I don't remember what happened where, so let me just do a quick catch up, quick two day. <laughs> well, catch I'm being, up. I'm being so diminutive. I have done this before. <laughs> I did this before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've. I, I think the word he was looking for was mean to Kenyan. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I did this before Infinity War, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and because uh, I also was like, oh, well, I want to know all, I want to be able to connect all the dots, whatever. But watching all the movies back never helps me do that. Like, no. I always, and it's not like Martin Scorsese, you know, these movies suck and are drivel and are the worst things to happen to cinema. Like, I think the movies are good for what they are, but I don't think that what they're good at is like, delivering small detail for you to mm-hmm. remember like four movies later. <laughs> so I feel like even if I like watch them all, like I'll have a good time watching the movie, but then I will have to go to the Wikipedia page and be like, now who was that? And what was this? <laughs> a 100 pr- I am zoned out beyond belief. Like, my face <laughs> is in my popcorn. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And then like two people kiss and I'm like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, woo! <laughs> Very bad. Yes. Um, and so I completely relate. I couldn't tell you a single thing. I, when 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 someone says Marvel, I'm like, okay, that's like, yeah, that's maybe Iron Man, but that also could be Batman. Like, but that's different, <laughs> right? No, yeah, Batman's Batman DC. is different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Spider Man could be both. This is true. So, okay, it could be both. Keep you on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> um, to actually give you a, a better answer to that question, how <laughs> am I passing the minutes? Um, I am currently trying to figure out how to record piano. Ooh. Um, so that's that's been taking up my brain space these days. Um, wow. If anyone out there knows, has any Like thoughts, microphone placement? Microphone placement, just like where... Where is the sound coming from? 
what like <laughs> you know I have been playing it for a while, so like, yeah, you know a little bit about the instrument, but like getting into to just under the piano, on top of the piano, to the left, to the right, front and back, behind, above, <laughs> below. I already said that one. You did. And uh, anyway. <laughs> about, above, across. Thank you. I Thank had to you. memorize all 40 prepositions in um, seventh grade. Did, was there a song or did you just? No, it was straight. It was straight you know, speech. Yeah. Wow. And the only three I remember are about above across. <laughs> <laughs> 50 nifty United States though. That's a different story. Oh, come on. Wow. That's I, a song. When I memorized the States and their capitals, I didn't know about the song. I just did a rote. <laughs> I just wow. did a boring style. <laughs> <laughs> That's called Shakespeare. Thank you. <laughs> really getting back to the craft. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the original craft. Um, I find that I cannot, I like can't, I can't sign on to do something that takes a long time anymore mm-hmm. in terms of watching things. So like I can do a movie, but like I'm not, TV shows aren't happening for me right now. Mm-hmm. Except for RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, like, I can't, it's like, I will watch it if I get to stop thinking about it in two hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I haven't been watching a lot of things. I have been, I will tell you this, I've been putting that uh, New York Times subscription to good use, and I play almost every one of their games every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful practice. I'm talking spelling bee. I'm talking vertex. I love vertex. Uh-huh. You make little triangles. You make a little uh, drawing. I would recommend you get into it. It is like, <laughs> I, well, I, of course, I'm always like playing games on my phone. I'm always looking for something that's like, what can I do and not like just let my brain like vegetate <laughs> for five minutes while yeah. I do some little thing. Um and so that's what that is for me. But uh, the crossword, I've been getting into the crossword. I've done it like almost every, I've done it every day this calendar year. Wow. Dedication. Do you, do you finish them all? I do. I often cheat. Love. <laughs> I often uh, look up the answers, but I do try to keep my best times as genuine times. Uh-huh. So I will be like working on a crossword and I'm like, I'm literally never going to get any of this. So I'll, like, look up the answers and fill it all in, except for, like, one letter and wait, like, 15 minutes <laughs> the last letter. Uh, I mean, that's really impressive. I am I am nowhere near doing the crossword, A, to completion, and B, timed. Like, okay. I just, my thing is, like, go oh, away, come, and I, I do it on paper when I'm able Ooh. Okay. And so I'm eating my little breakfast. I'm eating my little coffee. And I'm just, I'm leisurely seeing what I know and what uh-huh. I absolutely don't have to work for. And if I have to work a little bit, it needs to be flirty. Like it needs to be okay. a flirty mm. sort of dynamic. And what I love about the crossword is like some of the clues feel like you literally have to be stupid to get it. <laughs> like, Jerome, did you do the one? Like, 
The one the other day where the the answer was very religious and the clue was like, yes. <laughs> you have to take like the first part of the actor who starred in Slumdog Millionaire, Millionaire's name with, with plus the word out. Yeah. So what they were trying to give us was devout <laughs> because Dev Patel. Devout, very religious. I was just I like, mean, why? You're kidding. Yeah. It is sometimes it is like <laughs> it'll just be like a phrase. It'll be like right. like get out of here. Or it'll be like <laughs> not me or uh-huh. Like it'll be just like <laughs> Some phrase, but they'll cue it with like another phrase. <laughs> and so I will. It, so if it's like uh, <laughs> as, uh, if. as if, like the cue will be the clue will be, are you serious? And the the thing you put in is as if, and I'll be like, are you serious? You're kidding me. Not really. Like I'm sitting here like <laughs> making up. For, I'm like, what would I say instead of that? Hmm. <laughs> I want a video of that. Oh, I will. I will absolutely let you know. <laughs> I will film myself. Mukbang, no, you've got it. Mukbang, but it's just drum during the crossword. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have started following this blog, which is okay. Blog. I know it's very 2008. Um, it's called Rex Parker does the crossword. Oh my god! <laughs> Rex Parker does the New York Times crossword puzzle, and he does it every day. And he does, like, he does the New York Times every day. He does, like, the L.A. Times every... He does, like, a million... He does, like, at least five a day and, like, six on the weekends. Oh, my God. he... He hates the New York Times crossword. Like, he thinks that it has gone to shit. He thinks that it is always bad. He, like, is never... He's rarely happy with it. And so (laughs) I find it so funny to, like... (laughs) In the New York Times, like, the authors will do a write-up... And they'll be like, I thought right. it would be fun to do a little thing that would, and this is the theme, and I liked this clue. And he'll be like, this is trash. This is garbage. Why are people wasting their time? But he does it every day. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, I find it so entertaining. It's I the little things. <laughs> it really, these days. Yeah. It really is. Kenyon, mm. mm. I'm. So curious, what are you recording piano for? Hmm. Oh, oh. I, I did say that out loud, didn't I? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I've been spending this year inside, haha, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful enough to be, not thankful enough, I'm lucky enough to be in a place where I have access to a piano, which is an instrument I play, and so I've been playing it a lot. Um, and so I have, you know, theoretically some piano music that needs recording. Wow. Um, and so trying to trying to put energy behind that and just just get something down somewhere yeah. sometime soon. Oh my goodness. Well, do you care to speak on you know how you've been writing slash composing um these things? I mean us? Oh, wow. Process, 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 <laughs> Well, see, I was about to ask process. you about, okay, we're going to get to your poetry. I'm coming. I'm coming for you. Don't even call it that. Don't even say the words <laughs> your and poetry kind of next to each other in my direction. Um, Pop poetess, Rafi Dante. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, 
yeah, I started the the pandemic thinking like, oh, all this time for writing. Mm-hmm. LOL. That didn't happen. No. I need life and to be outside to feel remotely inspired. Um, okay. But she started like coming to the piano to do just kind of like random improvisation. Just like I hit the record button on my voice memos and I just go. Um, oh. And that became a sort of practice for a while. And then um, the last couple of months I've been looking back through all of those and like pulling out my favorites and being like, oh, that's actually there's some good stuff in there. There's some good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, and so now I have a collection of stuff that's like, okay, where you're sitting with some stuff that you could refine and record and then do something with if you have the energy, Kenyon. Kenyon. <laughs> Kenyon. <laughs> <You> there, BB. <laughs> and yeah. that's what I'm really struggling with right now is just kind of like yeah. le- leaving the like the fun and the whimsy of I just made some sound and I like this sound to, okay, let's construct, let's refine, let's develop. The development part is yeah, is difficult for me right now. But we're moving towards it. We're moving through it, into it, around it, about it, above it, below it. <laughs> Thank you. That's so <laughs> exciting. Is it instrumental or are you writing lyrics as well? For this, I'm not writing lyrics. Um, but I do think that maybe sometime down the line I'll you know, record some piano stuff, why not make some mouth noises on top of it? They probably still won't be Mm. lyrics, but, like, you know, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I think that's a really exciting place to be in and and one that's, like, um, I don't know, really hard to really hard to move through because now you're concerned with like, is this, is this good? Like, how do I make this good? But I, I, what I've been trying to think about more and more also just trying to like make things outside of a context where really anyone is going to see it or a teacher is going to see it, or I'm going to show it to my friends. Like, I think, I think like, I don't know, shifting the goal to be like, is this good? Because what that probably means is, does this remind me of something that someone else has told me is good or that I think Mm. is good? And Mm. kind of being like, wait, but I kind of do, being in that place where you feel like you're teetering on failure and you're scared Mm. of, of what you're doing. Like, I feel like that, that's really exciting and also really hard. Um, But that sounds like it's going to be really good. (laughs) I hope it goes somewhere. Thank you for the encouragement, honestly. And by really good, you know, what does that even mean? (laughs) Right, thank you. You see? Wow, wow. As you carry that energy into your own practices of creation, um, (laughs) you know, how does that feel? What does that look like? Well, it was was so cool to hear you say, like, you just kind of sit down and you start improvising because that's a lot what I feel like I'm doing right now um you know just like what what is a process if if you're not if you're not just like kind of sitting down and seeing what's what's up that day um yeah and and going from there I mean I don't know and I think the work is like or or the the practice is figuring out how then to expand whatever first like comes out what is your first impulse and that's exactly what you're saying yeah and and 
it happens in the making of it in that moment and later, you know? Um, so yeah, that's what I've been trying to figure out and just kind of developing like voice, you know, I Mm, think that's like in this period of where, yeah, it's like hard to make things and hard to be like done, like print, you know, like show, show it off. Like, no, you know, none of us are feeling our absolute best (laughs) and most creative and inspired. Um, but. Well, there's a lot in what you just said and I have so many questions now. Um, I'm curious if, like, if you have felt anything, take take that journey in your in mm-hmm. your own writing that you're kind of alluding to a little bit about, like, that where you take something and you expand it. Has anything either in while you were doing it or even, like, retrospectively been mm-hmm. like, oh, that really changed? How did that yeah. happen? Yeah, definitely. And I think, like, I'm so used to writing more long-form things where it's, like, you know there are so many ideas and there are so many moving parts and characters that like what I love about doing that is like you, you, you finish it, you read it through, you see kind of what you were planting um, and able to then like weave that in throughout. I think with poems, which I'm focusing on because it's so much shorter, like I really like the the fact that you can just hone in on kind of one one idea and just sort of articulate it and like put a put a kind of button on it and mm. um and move on and I'm I'm hoping like that uh, the accumulating the, these things might like show me something more expansive and bigger at the end yeah um yeah. and might turn into something else um but I don't know it's always fun to like start and I, I feel like it's kind of similar to a song, like start somewhere and have absolutely no prediction of where it's going to end um, until it's end ended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like being in the, I really like the idea, the feeling of like just being generative and just like, okay, and I'm going to play or I'm going to write or I'm going to do whatever and just creating content regardless of like, it needing to feel like it fits into a thing already or it needs to already, you know, fulfill a prompt or fulfill a form or whatever. But it is, I feel like I have, and it's so much more fun to do that or it is it is refreshing to do that when coming out of spending a lot of time like revising or spending a lot of time like working on, okay, this thing exists as this and I'm editing it and I'm like refining it. It's such a different thing than like, just generating, just improvising, just whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just feel like every time, every time I start something, I forget how I started anything else. Totally. Mm. Um, but I'll also say, um, our good friend Sophia said this once, and I've kept it with me forever and ever. Like, I asked her, maybe it was on the podcast. Maybe we asked her on the podcast, like, how do, what is your process of like taking an idea and refining it and like making it into a thing? Mm -hmm. And she was like, I don't have a process, but like, I've also never had a process. So like, no, I don't have a way that I know I'm going to do it now, but like I've made stuff before and didn't have a way to know that I was going to do it then. And so like 
kind of trying to rely on that as like, well, it'll happen. If it's happened before, it'll happen again. But it is like, it feels very lost in the woods. It feels very like, what am I, uh, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we, we all are kind of chasing the feeling of when it has worked, um, which can mean a million different things, you know, um, when it has felt really good or when you just like have, um, when you almost know what you're, what you're writing or, or doing before it's happening, you know, like true flow. Like, I think that is like something that feels so good and that rarely, rarely happens and has rarely happened this year. But I have to think that, you know, sticking, sticking with it and, and being present in the harder moments where you're just like, this is literal trash like (laughs) this is so bad and I'm so embarrassed like it'll make us more comfortable working in that space and like working through it and also I think there are there are times when we do kind of want to like be maybe not maybe not embarrassed but like scared of of what we're doing and 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 feeling like this would feel really high stakes to share um And I, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm more, I'm interested in like being more in that space instead of being more in the like, I am a pre-professional robot who is like going to write this um, TV show that Netflix bought yesterday, <laughs> right. you right, know, right. Netflix, call me, Netflix, <laughs> call me. We know you're listening. Oh yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> we know you're listening and I have ideas, baby. <laughs> I have ideas you're not going to want to miss. And I know you're producing a lot of content. (laughs) Hey, Netflix, I hear you're in the content business. Right. Boy, do I have some content. Um, Um, Rafi, I've been thinking the exact same thing. Just in terms of like, you always hear people writing or talking about like, you know, oh, like I was, I wrote this thing that was like, I feel really vulnerable or like, was really difficult for me to, or it like yeah. took a really hard thing that I was thinking about or working on. And like, I crystallized into something that like, you know, is emotional or painful or whatever. And I feel like I don't tap into that enough. I feel like so often mm-hmm. I am stuck in the like, and now I'm writing something because I have to write it and it is written and I wrote a thing. And it's not like, like sometimes mm-hmm. the process of it all or the like, okay, well, I'm editing it or I'm, like, making sure that it's really good or really polished or whatever is, like, getting rid of all of the emotion of it. It's getting rid of all of the, like, stuff about it that's really joyful or really hard or really vulnerable. Like, I I worry a lot about my work not feeling, like, am I supposed to feel really vulnerable about my work? Like, am I supposed to feel, like, exposed in some way? Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about how I'm supposed to feel, (laughs) haha. But I do. I mean, I feel like uh, leaving leaving spaces where I've needed to write things for class, for professors, for deadlines. um, Yeah. And just now writing, being privileged enough to write things for my own self, write things that I feel and think. I'm leaning more towards the feeling rather than the thinking. And I'm 
it's like in the development process that I'm that all of the like analytical thinking about creating comes back and less so the feeling like the initial impulse um is almost all like this just feels right this is what's in my mind this is what's on my heart this is the music of the moment um and then trying to develop that i find like turns on all of these analytical parts of of me when it, yeah and i feel like i also see those things stripping away some of like the good humanity like you were saying jerome yeah um and i'm trying to figure out how to how do i develop with feeling rather than develop mm. with thinking um, wow and i don't know how to do that <laughs> <laughs> i mean like Talk about being out of practice with that. I, like, that is never something mm-hmm. that has been encouraged in the spaces that I've made things. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, that's so interesting. And I, I don't think you necessarily, like, you, yourself, your, your mind, your soul, like, I, I don't think you necessarily have to feel exposed or, you know, the most vulnerable you've ever felt. But I think like what what also you're saying, Kenyon, is like, how do you how do you make the thinking about the feeling? And yeah. how how can that help you understand what you're making and make it in a sort of more true to itself way? This feels yeah. all very vague, but I just I I don't know, I think about I think about the show I may destroy you and how like those episodes each episode broke, like, created its own set of rules and broke its own set of rules and felt yeah. like every single analytical choice that was made about it was was coming from this, you know, excavation of, of feeling and this, like, really deep understanding of of how all of, all of the feelings that the show deals with, like, manifest... Um, in one character. And so uh, that yeah. is like such a gold standard, I think of like a show or just anything that is, is con- yeah, just constantly breaking its own rules in a way where I'm sure it, when the stu- like ex- studio execs read something, they're like terrified, you know, mm. um, how does this work? Yeah. We've never seen this before. Yeah. Um, but well, I don't want to speak for a studio uh, exec's behalf. <laughs> All respect. <laughs> to the exact. XOXO, Raffi Netflix. What if that was my last name? Do you I know who that- I am? Do you know who my father is? <laughs> he is Mr. Netflix. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, letting the, letting the rule breaking... I mean, that is the thing that I love. Yeah. That is the thing that I... I particularly love in this feels like it couldn't be the more opposite example to bring up from I May Destroy You, but in Hairspray. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, Good morning, Baltimore. Good morning, Baltimore. Tracy's like, I want to be on that show. Like, get me on the Corny Collins show. And so you're watching the musical and you're like, okay, well, she's got to get on the show. The first thing she does in in the musical is get on the show. Like, she immediately gets on the show, and then it's like, there's other stuff that we have to talk about. (laughs) And so just the idea of, like, like we're going to set up, we're going to, like, establish a thing, and then we're going to get rid of that thing, 
for the sake of the story that we were trying to tell, mm. I think is so good. And it gets back to that, like, is it driven by what the story is about? Like, is it driven by, like, the feeling that, that it comes out of? Yeah. Like, is the structure of a musical going to serve this story? Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I mean, I, w- I would be, be bald-faced lying if, if I didn't say that, that that soundtrack wasn't hugely, you know, <laughs> on my CD player. <laughs> wow, CD spinning, players. Spinning its little self over and over again. Oh, yes. I mean, Hairspray was the moment. Yeah. It oh, is and the also moment. the movie version. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Duh. Yeah. Okay, great. Because, Very much. Yeah. Because, my, th- my, my celebrity, you know, complex um, really did start with Zac Efron. Well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my, my AIM screen name was Z Efron Love XO. And, you know. <laughs> Just wallpaper. The wallpaper in my room were were um, posters of uh, of him and of his, you know, bare chest. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, we uh-huh. we do love the Efron Love XO. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you said that, I thought you said Zia Fronlo. I was like, who's Zia Fronlo? <laughs> That. Distant cousin um, to Mia Farrow, Zia Ramla. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Zach Efron. How, what was was the first thing he was in High School Musical? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Raph is like, if we have to start at the basics, yes. It was. No, I, I've like I've lost touch with him. Yeah, we haven't spoken in in some time, <laughs> but yeah, no, I feel. I felt I felt passionately for him, uh-huh. and there was also a, a kid in my class. <laughs> I don't know if this is um, you know uncouth for the pod, but <laughs> there was a kid in my class who looked exactly like him, um, oh, wow. and that was really really intense for for me and for everyone who was a fan. Um, <laughs> and in third grade, my school was really kind of crazy, and they had a they had a thing called May Day every May, where every grade would, like, learn a dance and perform it, okay? (laughs) Okay. And so in third grade was, like, that is your, you know, that is your golden year because you get to do the Maypole, (laughs) which is the centerpiece of the whole festival. Wow. And the Maypole, you know, it was, like, the finale. It was so important. You literally, like, wove a Maypole with ribbons. Wow. And you did it with a partner, and in, like, music class, you would be practicing the dances. And, you, you know, you'd be paired up with different kids. And it was like, okay, you know. But everyone knew that when you were randomly paired up in rehearsal, it was kind of like an audition. It was like, okay. can these, do these two people have on-screen chemistry? <laughs> okay. You know, can, yeah. we, can we contract them to do an intimate scene, you <laughs> yeah. know, in our film? And... <laughs> Let's just say one fateful day, I was paired up with the kid who looked exactly like Zac Efron. And I was literally like, I like strapped in my seatbelt. I was, I looked myself in the mirror, splashed water on my face. You know, my coach appeared behind me, giving me a back rub and was like, you know what you need to do out there. 
You know what you need to get out there and you need to weave. You need to weave and you need to be quick on your feet because he's not coordinated and you need to make up for that for the both of them because you need him to be your partner. I'm imagining you in the third grade at the side of the music classroom, like clapping chalk in the air, like literally, like getting pumped for this. Oh, yeah, I was just doing backflips. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, moral of the story, and one could argue this is my villain origin story. (laughs) We were, we were partnered. Wow. Wow. We were paired. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to imagine how much a third grader can look like Zac Efron. See, that's what's also <laughs> going through my mind. <laughs> that's so funny because that's like not even a that's not even like a space, you know, available. It, it was just like, oh yeah, he was he was him. He was yeah. Troy. Mm-hmm. He was Troy. <laughs> I'm so glad that we've spent so much time on him. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. I can't even remember how we got there, but I'm. Glad that we are there now. Right. Yeah. Kenyon, did you have a third grade crush? I didn't. I wish I did. Third grade was like, it was a great year because I loved my teacher. And I was just living my school fantasy, you know? Like, I got what was going on, was friends with the people, had fun on the playground. <laughs> But it was missing a certain, a certain romantic dimension. So. Oh mm-hmm. well, I don't want to sort of, you know, misrepresent um, <laughs> <laughs> my experience. Let us be clear. You know, there was it, this was unrequited deeply, deeply, um, <laughs> but you know, important nonetheless. As most Very. of my sort of um, love affairs have been. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no <I'm laughs> Not kidding. this. <laughs> I have to just say that my brain just applied my loneliness is killing me. <laughs> so. And it all comes back. Me, yeah. like, clawing at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, okay. Well, I mean, do you? how are you both feeling, you know, in regards to love, romance, intimacy? Um, and I mean that in in any sort of way. I think that um, in the past year, and the you know, I think this has connections back to uh, attention span. I think it has connections to everything. Um, I have, <laughs> I am so bored by others, um, <laughs> and so <laughs> if I don't already oh, no. know that like you're cool and interesting and a person that I like want to spend time with. Mm. I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> like someone is, <laughs> someone could be like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, I'm bored. <laughs> like I'm already, like what's, get to it. What do you have to offer me? Like I really have, like I can't meet anyone because no. that sounds like the most boring thing in the world. <laughs> and I know that that is not true, but like it's just not, it's not for me. You know when people will yeah. be like, I love meeting new people. No. I absolutely don't. <laughs> I like knowing many people. Yes. I don't love meeting new people. People who are like, I love meeting new people. Like, those are the same people who are like, like, 
I'm just gonna like get really deep for a second. <laughs> or like, or like, you know, people were like, I just like I like to get really deep with people. <laughs> like use deep yeah. as like a vibe check. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so and they and those are also people who are like, I hate the word moist. I <laughs> Cannot stand that. I, I have to say, I hate, I find that to be so annoying. <laughs> we, we really, yeah. And those are the same people who will grow up to say, we're pregnant. Mm. Well, the, <laughs> the continuum that you're drawing mm. here, the life story that you're painting. The Pokemon yeah. evolution. The trajectory mm-hmm. of growth. You have to have a disease to be able to do that. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, when people are like, I hate the word moist. Well, I mean, then there's, you know, the uh, everyone has seen a tweet to this effect, but, like, white girls will say, I hate the word mo- moist, and then say the N-word. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's that like, tweet is so funny. Not this. <laughs> Thank you for this question about intimacy, relationships, mm-hmm. etc. You know. I mean, I know it springs out of your work with desire. <laughs> As you said. <laughs> as a sex therapist. <laughs> My work is a licensed sex therapist. Exactly. Uh, I mean, the the intimacy of it all. With others, I don't know where it is. Gone. No. Gone. Is it coming back? I don't know. I can't think about that. But yeah. like, self Intimacy with my own self—that's here in a much bigger way than yeah. Okay. Than it than it was before. Um, and I'm living for that. I just like, I don't know. I just like wasn't setting aside any time for myself in that yes. sort of way. And so, I got a bunch of time this year. <laughs> here we are. Mm-hmm. Here we are with ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. For you, I think. <laughs> is hearing it on my behalf. <laughs> yeah, and, and to know that, to know that, like, I mean, you know, I am the first person to say that, like, it's not even like, I'm not even like, I need my alone time. I'm like, you know, I, I have plans with myself later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I'm hanging, I need to hang out and simply go off, you know, right. like. <laughs> And, and I think that, I think I've been able to tap into that energy. I think there are also moments where I like look in the mirror and I'm literally like you again, (laughs) you know, or I'm just like, are you like, is this a joke? Like, you know what I mean? Right. right. Like, I just, it shocks me sometimes that this is kind of the human experience. Um, (laughs) I will be sitting in my apartment. And this this happens at least twice a day. I'll be sitting in my apartment and I'll say something. And then I, I will say to myself, hmm, that was funny. And then I'll say to myself, I'm really sitting here talking to myself. And then I'll say, I'm crazy. <laughs> and like, like I'll do that over and over. Like, just uh, like, and it's me and I'm talking to myself and that's all that's happening. Work. <laughs> <laughs> Robust personal dialogue, yes. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. That's where I am in terms of <laughs> self-intimacy. Yeah. Me, myself, and I are getting real antiquated. <laughs> antiquated. <laughs> and antiquated. I'm know, funny. Like, I'm really sitting there talking to myself. <laughs> 
We're getting really antiquated today. (laughs) My friend said this thing that really resonated with me in terms of like, you know, meeting up with someone new or like even meeting up with someone you know. Like Mm -hmm. on any given day, I have absolutely no idea who they would be meeting. Yes. Do you Whoa. know what I mean? Yes. Okay, and this is all, cre- all credit to my friend Karma who came up with this brilliant idea because it, it hit such a strong chord with me where it's like, truly, truly, like it, it's this really weird balance between like at this point in my 24 years, <laughs> I just revealed my age online, oh which a God. gorgeous woman is never supposed to do. <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, I will be doing I will be doing a nude scene for this podcast. <laughs> it was in the car. Wait, oh my god, my new goal in life is to be the first woman to ever do a nude scene on a podcast. <laughs> anyway, is there um, like? Surely there is, but like, surely there is. <laughs> before I even say what it is, like podcast yeah. pornography. Oh, and that is exactly where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> Surely. Right. Okay. Great. And it, it, has to, it has to exist. <laughs> now, if you excuse me, I'll have to log on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, oh, right. It's this, like, weird balance between feeling like, you know, I, I do feel like I sort of have a comprehensive knowledge of, <laughs> you know, myself. And it, it's, sort of, um, it's sort of annoying at this point. And I would like someone new to to shed new light on that and, mm. and, and you know, give yeah. me a little bit more new information at the same time to ca- kind of counteract what I feel like I, you know, I kind of know what's going on here. Like, I, I have no idea <laughs> who I would be to yeah. a new person or just yeah. someone I haven't talked to for a long time. <sighs> Yeah, I I think about that a lot. <laughs> like, if if I were to meet me, but it honestly doesn't matter if I were to meet me because I already know me very well. But like, two other people is do I come across the same way that I come across myself, especially in a year of like spending so little time with other people? I think about it all the time when I'm teaching. I'm like. Is, am I mm. being, like, the cool teacher? Am I being the endearing teacher? Like, am I saying things that, like, even just make sense, <laughs> like, to my students? Or am I, like, just letting them peek inside my truly nonsensical, like, inner monologue that just spills out into onto others <laughs> at times? Wow. That's so interesting. You should Have you read the book... Um, Cleanness by Garth Greenwell. No, but it's literally on this book. Really? Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah. the the narrator is a a teacher, and and I really like the parts where he talked about how wild a dynamic that is, especially when you're a young person and you're teaching younger people. Um, wow. Let me know what you think. Okay, I'll read it. I I will have to read it. Someone yeah. gave it to me, so I have to. I will read it. Cool. Wow. It's interesting to hear both of you said like, you know, I, I know myself or in, in some, in whatever ways you said that in your own words. But like, I'm feeling like, yeah, I just, 
I'm only surprises these days. And so, mo- mm. sometimes they're welcome. M- most of the time they're welcome. And lots <laughs> of the other times <laughs> they're not. Um, but that's been, I don't know. I feel like I'm in deep discovery, like deep. And so what really resonated with me, with what you were saying, Rafi, about like, I don't know who that person's going to meet whenever I meet a new person, LOL, whenever that happens. um, Is like, I feel like I'm like rapidly changing every day and I'm re-meeting new Kenyan every day of the week. So it's like, well, I know we just talked last Sunday, but um, (laughs) here we go. It's me and I'm different today. Yeah. It's wild. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. It is. Yeah, because my favorite question to ask someone who is like newly in in a re- relationship or whatever, like what what has what has this dynamic taught you about yourself? Like yeah. what is sort of new to you? Um, because I mean, I think you know such a such a kind of hierarchy gets gets placed in how we think about. Um, relating to other people which we we hate and we overthrow and we <laughs> absolutely what was the word you used Jerome that doesn't make sense in this contest context <laughs> contest <laughs> you said like what was An- it antiquated antiquated no it was the no, dis word diminutive oh diminutive <laughs> <laughs> thank you we diminutive it um <laughs> When the cocktail hits, Thank I'll give the, I'll give the little um, I'll give the viewers a little you know BTS. Oh yeah, peek inside. Reveal. We're having a cocktail because it's happy hour. Sulos, it's Friday. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's in the, the contract. It's in the contract. When people are like, "What are the days of the week anymore?" Like I'm sort of like I actually do subscribe to the days of the week. Yeah. I agree. I absolutely agree. <laughs> and I act like I am the person who's in class and I'm like, it's Tuesday, everybody. Woohoo. <laughs> and I'm like, Tuesday is almost Wednesday. And Wednesday is like a weekend <laughs> in the middle of the week. Like, and my students are straight up like, shut up. Like, literally shut up. I'm like, how are we doing, everybody? And they're like, it, I hate this. <laughs> okay, so that's not me. You're, you're like, what are the days of the week? Very much so. But I'm realizing that I I need something I'm learning about myself is like I definitely need to break them up somehow, some <laughs> way. Maybe the seven days, the weekend, the five day work week thing, maybe that's not for me. But I'll have to break it up somehow. So Yes. Mm-hmm. What I mean is really just like it's it's a it's a vibe check. It's like when it's when I wake up and it's Friday, I'm just kind of like we're flirting today. You yeah. know, we are... Yeah. today's for fun. Right. Yes. Today is... Yes. F, F is for fun. Like, <laughs> even if... And it, again, it could be a terrible day and nothing about my routine um, changes. <laughs> but <laughs> it, I, I, do, I do like to be like, it's the weekend, it's the weekend, it's the weekend. Like, yeah, you know, wear your PJs. <laughs> yeah. Type of thing. It's the weekend. Wear your fucking PJs, yeah. dude. Yeah. You know that tweet that like comes out every Friday, um, or maybe it's like Thursday at midnight, literally, when it's just like Daniel Craig hosting SNL and he goes like, everybody, 
the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's introducing the weekend. <laughs> that comes out every week. And I say, thank you for your work. Wow. Yeah. Whoever runs this <laughs> makes me laugh every time. It is like uh, <laughs> the clip of Wendy Williams doing the Wendy Williams show from home that someone tweets out every Monday. And she's like, well, another week. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we don't talk enough about Wendy Williams calling coronavirus Cornova virus. Cornova, <laughs> Dula Peep, famously. She's a coiner, a coiner of terms. She's a coiner. <laughs> the best part about her calling it Cornova is that she calls it Corona in the same like segment. Like in the previous sentence, she says Corona, and then she's like Cornova. And, and it's, it's like, like they're two different things. Yeah. You know. And this wasn't, like, early on. This was, like, well into it. <laughs> it was like, no, you know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Did you all see her um, burp and fart at the same time last week? <laughs> I'm what? sorry? You are kidding. You haven't <laughs> seen this? Okay, well, the last thing that we'll do is watch this together. <laughs> OMG. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Well, what did I say? Yes. <laughs> she burps and then farts. Yes. Oh wow. Wow. Also, like, what what is she saying about about Kim? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> like she's vamping. <laughs> she's, she's vamping because she's sort of having to deal with. Some other situations. Wow, um, you can tell that you can tell that she really delves into saying nothing. Like words are coming out, <laughs> but there's no substance because she is clearly otherwise occupied. Oh my god! <laughs> I feel like just because we watched that, we have to close out actually with a binary. Okay, um, burping and farting. That's what it is. Which one is it? <laughs> Um, I'm, uh, <laughs> um, I guess I'm going burping. I mm. guess. I think that, um, I, my sister taught me how to burp, which feels kind of like what something on, someone on a, in a movie might say. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, Jerome? This is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and up next is the nude scene. <laughs> Right. Um, I guess I'm going burping. And what say you two? <laughs> I think I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Burping. There's more creative potential for burping. Okay. You wow. know, you can burping modulate, et cetera. You can modulate the burp action a bit more. Mm -hmm. um, whereas, yeah, I think on the other end, it's just, you just get what you get. And, see, and you don't get upset. <laughs> that that sort of what leads me into my choice, which is which is the fart. Um, mm, mm. For precisely that reason, right? You get what you get, and you don't get upset, and and that's the sort of life of surprise and mystery that yes. I embody. Um, mm. You know, self intellectually, emotionally, right? Well, once again, it is great to know that about yourself. <laughs> 
It is really <laughs> knowing oneself is really a a gift of of life. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this has been so incredibly fun. Truly. It's truly that. I mean, we, we shocked. traveled the entire world, like, just like we said we were going to. Right. We went from the right. playground to the movie screen. Completely. I couldn't tell you what we, we spoke about because we actually spoke about everything that ever existed and will exist. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, uh, you're contractually obligated to do this with me every other day. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll be hearing from my lawyers. <laughs> not agent, not manager. Lawyers. <laughs> I will lawyers. see you in court. <laughs> <laughs> so in advance of that, I will be suing. <laughs> right. Well, I look forward to it. We'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs> see you in court. <laughs> we love that you love, we love that. This podcast is brought to you by Jerome, that's me, and Kenyon, that's him with music by Sophia Campomore and art by Griffin Keller. Drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. Bye. Wow. Okay, Slay. That's it. We did it. That oh, my God. It. No, no, you hang up first. No, you hang <laughs> up first.